Hello, and welcome to In the Disneyverse, a podcast where our historians Jess and Tandy explore the world of Disney, including rides, resorts, restaurants, and so much more. On today's episode, join us as we step into the fifth dimension at the infamous Hollywood Tower of Terror. Tonight's podcast episode is slightly unique and calls for a bit of a different introduction. We are about to travel through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone, aka Tower of Terror. Yep. We're going to talk about my favorite ride in Hollywood Studios, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And we'll hit a little bit on the the other parks, but the main focus here is going to be the original Disney World ride. So a little bit of background. After five years of MGM Studios being open, Michael Eisner and Frank Wells were looking at a pretty major park expansion, nearly doubling the park. The park exceeded all expectations, and it was so popular. Really? I know, yeah. Shocker. It was so popular that they, they had to expand it to meet guest demand, so they didn't have enough space. Were they saying it was popular, like within quotation marks? No, no. Actually, I did some research on this because I was a little bit surprised. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, it was extremely popular. So Mm -hmm. unless Michael Eisner had some smoke and mirrors up, which if we're being honest, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm -hmm. But the research I found said that this was popular and they needed to expand to to be able to fit all the guests in. Hmm. Additionally, they wanted to get some new e-ticket rides into the park. We've, we've talked about e-ticket rides. So back in the day, you used to actually have to pay for rides. Sure did. Yeah, an A ticket, a B ticket, a C ticket, a D ticket. Did they have that e-ticket. at Disney World? I don't know if they had it at Disney World. I know they had it at Disneyland. I don't think that was the case at World. Are they still using that terminology, though, when they build rides? They are. They still talk about e-ticket rides. They don't so much use the other terms. who wants to put those rides? But Let's the, put best, a, the best rides are, are e-ticket referred rides. to as e-ticket rides. put a rides. mediocre ride in, guys. So Michael Eisner, who was the CEO of Disney in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Little, he, little, there's little some good cookie, and there's some bad with little him. Little kooky. Yep. He had some interesting ideas he in did. his heyday. Yep. To say the least. You know, there's some that I'll hear where they didn't come all the way through and I'll be like, oh my God, if only that ride had gone through. There's like, some things that I wish had happened that like, I don't, I'm not saying they were good ideas, but yeah. I think it would have been very funny to see. I think like in relation to this, some of the things they were throwing around was Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers and Dick Tracy's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I'm like, if only that the had Roger, gone through. The Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I love Roger park, Rabbit. Which we will talk about at some point. But Eisner wanted a new thrill ride, specifically a drop ride. So if everybody remembers in the 90s, these were all the craze at theme parks everybody was doing drop rides not like disney not like disney but he also wanted the ride to function as a resort hotel he wanted a thrill ride that you could also stay in so the building was gonna fill both of those roles the guests would actually stay in the same building that housed the ride (laughs) could you imagine that like sleeping in the middle of the night and hearing someone screaming so so yeah that's what i want to talk about here a little bit so the imagineers thought an elevator drop ride made sense because that would fit in the theme of a hotel. Imagine that. Imagine, so there's a particular sound when you're walking up to Tower of Terror because the elevator doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear, you hear it on some of the roller coasters. So if you've been to a theme park, you know, you hear like the screams going in and out. Yep. You hear them all the way down Hollywood Boulevard walking up to Tower of yeah. Terror. Can you imagine like trying to sleep? And, and take hearing, a nap middle of the day. And hearing those screams yep. like, what the heck was he thinking? He was crazy. That idea of having a functioning hotel was never going to work. They scrapped the the hotel portion, like having it actually be a resort hotel, but they kept the hotel theme. And they now needed to figure out like what 
what was the story actually going to be. So they knew this was going to be a hotel. They knew it was going to be an elevator drop before they even figured out like what the what the story or the theming was going to be. Where they landed was a ride that was inspired by Rod Sterling's anthology series, The Twilight Zone. It's really based on the original incarnation of the show from the 50s, although it's been rebooted several times, most recently by Jordan Peele. The story for the ride takes place in the fictional Hollywood Tower Hotel in the 1930s Hollywood, California. The concept is a family enters the elevator on October 31st, 1939. The hotel gets struck by lightning. The elevator falls and plummets to the ground floor and the family disappears, never to be seen from again. The hotel is now haunted by the ghosts of the missing family. Guests enter the service elevator brought to the 13th floor and become stars in an episode of The Twilight Zone. That's the story. I know you think it's a little loose. That story's pretty dark if you think about it. Well, it is, and there was there was a little bit of concern because they they there's a haunted ride in Disney World. It's known as the Haunted Mansion. Yep. This is supposed to be the darker but version. This, this is the darker version. They also were like, this is more sci-fi yeah. than haunted. So that's kind of how they got around it. So now that they had the story, the next challenge was actually figuring out the ride vehicle. The whole concept was once you enter that elevator, you go into the fifth dimension. And so how do we show the transfer to the fifth dimension, you yep. can't just have an elevator go up a shaft and, and fall. So it takes you up like a regular elevator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the top, the vehicle actually goes out of the elevator shaft and becomes a trackless vehicle. I didn't realize this. This was one of the first trackless yep. rides AGV. at Disney World. So during the trackless ride section, you enter the fifth dimension, AKA the twilight zone. You encounter the ghost down a very long hallway in this section. So the hallway looks longer than it because the building's not that big yep. if you especially at um yep. at Disney World. It's not that wide. Yeah, and Disney uses again the, the same techniques they've used in other rides. Yep. So they use their two favorite effects, yep. the Pepper's Ghost effect. So the the ghosts are projected into a mirror, making them look translucent. By the way, the Pepper's Ghost effect is also used to achieve the star effect as you're going into the the main shaft for it the multiplies drop. them right because the fiber optic cables were used for stars correct which is fascinating cuz when we think fiber optic cables we think about you know internet cable exactly and then I would say the next effect is Disney's favorite thing to use, which is forced perspective. Yep. So the hallway looks long because of the forced pr- perspective. The corridor is actually 10 feet high at the front and four feet high at the back. So then the Imagineers had to actually start to work on the ride portion itself. So meaning the ride dropping. They ran through several tests of this, actually went to an elevator company. Otis. And said, how do we do this? And the elevator company is like, okay, so you basically want us to shut off all of the safety features that we have in place to stop. So that's what they did. They had an Imagineer get in and test this drop of the elevator and they opened the doors and the first thing he says is, it isn't fast enough. So rather than actually drop, it's pulling you down. So yep. you are going faster than gravity when you drop on faster this Faster than a free fall. Yep. So there's a cable on top, a cable on the bottom, and it pulls you down and back up abruptly. The drop and lift sequences of the ride are randomized, so you never know what order you're going in. There is always at least a drop from the very top, which is the 13th floor, all the way down. That's always in the ride sequence. You just never know what order it's coming in or when you're going to drop where and when you're going to get shot back up. Which and adds the cast to members the don't do that. The system does it. Oh, yeah. It's a completely randomized system. And I think when they originally launched it, it was like three sequences, and now it's it's much more than three different sequences that they have in the computer. One last key piece of the ride were the video elements that went along with it. 
it was really important for the Imagineers to include Rod Sterling from the original Twilight Zone series. Like that was the whole point here as we were trying to replicate the 50s. The issue there is he'd been dead for 20 years. 20 years, years. yep, 1975. Um, so what they did is they used archival footage from the show. They pieced that together into the video to match the script that was written. They held auditions to cast his voice and Rod Sterling's wife actually helped cast the voice actor, Mark Silverman. Carol. Who ultimately did the reading of the part. Yeah, his wife, Carol. And he's continued on to do other things where Rod Sterling was the voice. God, he sounds like him. He sounds Holy just like cow. him. How? Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't, re- so I didn't realize until I did research for this that that was a different voice actor. Like I knew they pieced together archival footage. I just assumed. I thought it was Rod Sterling. Yeah, I thought it was him too. It's incredible. And I was a Twilight Zone. Like I'm not a fanatic or anything, but I was a fan of the show. Oh, like I loved so I was it. familiar. Yeah, it sounds just like him. And he got his cadence down and every like it's, yep. it's beautiful. Ride opened in MGM Studios on July 22nd, 1994. It quickly became one of the most popular attractions in Disney World, not just in Hollywood Studios, yep. but one of the most popular. And we remember the commercials because we oh were kids God. at that time. Uh, yeah, you should go YouTube the commercials. They're pretty kooky. It's amazing to see them because I was like, man, I remember these commercials. It was on like Nickelodeon. It would be like Tower Yeah, it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah and it was, it, was, it was back when Nickelodeon wasn't a direct competitor yeah, for exactly. Disney so much. And it was pretty awesome. I will say too, if we're talking about going to watch YouTube, everything that just said about how the ride works, there are some really great videos on the tech part of it and it is, yep. it's advanced it's still very interesting it's a, probably one of the most interesting ride technical layouts of anything and you are super safe on this ride you have no idea even yeah, exactly. though they worked with Otis to like take away the safety features they triple enhance the safety features so yep. highly recommend to go and, and look up some videos on that and the other thing that's fascinating and I'm, I don't have like all of the specific details here so I won't get into it but if you're curious about doing the research yourself and, and behind the attraction goes into this a little bit the building is much bigger in Florida than it is in California because they actually figured out a way to consolidate the ride view down to one two. shaft versus two. I think it's four two to one shaft. I think it's four shafts versus yeah. So it's four shafts in in Florida in and it's two hundred feet tall in yeah. in Florida. Well, it's not, and we're gonna get into that in a little bit. And fun facts. Also on the on the promos. So you do you remember the promo where it would drop and like the Mickey ears stayed in the shaft? Do you remember no. that one? That was like a big promo. Legit almost happened to me <laughs> when I wrote it the the last time. They I always went, tell you to take them I off. I forgot to take my ears off and they flew up when I, I grabbed them. <laughs> I've seen that happen to other people where their stuff just goes flying. I would, oh my God, I would have been so pissed if I lost my Mickey ears. I luckily I grabbed them in time. It was so popular that it was brought into the other parks. So it, it went to California Adventure in 2004, Tokyo Disney Sea, and, to- and Disneyland Paris after that. California was the same theming as, and story as Florida at the time it launched, but Tokyo, and, and I had Paris as a different storyline, but Tandy, you said that it still follows the Twilight Paris Zone. Paris was the same, yeah, it was Twilight okay. Zone. Okay. Um, because apparently they have no idea what Twilight Zone is in, in Japan. In Japan, no. In Paris, though, I thought they still had it. Okay. As I recall, I remember it still being there. And they're doing some refurbishments in Paris right now. It's still Twilight Zone. It's just being gotcha. there. I don't remember what it's called, but they're enhancing it. And it was still um, one of the most popular rides in all of those parks. Now I want to get into a little bit on the changes in California. So in 2016, Disney wanted to add a new attraction to California Adventure. But as we've talked about before, California has a challenge of space. 
So whereas in Florida, they can basically expand until the cows come home. In California, you can't really expand the park. So rather than expand and build a new attraction, they started to look at what can we revamp? And they decided to do the Tower of Terror. They called in Imagineer Joe Rohde to help Jeanette Lundy figure out what they could do with Tower of Terror. Interesting thing here, Joe Rohde was working on Pandora at the time. And they launched the update to the refurb of Tower of Terror, which ultimately became Guardians of the Galaxy, the same day as they launched Pandora at Disney World. And he was at both launches. So he was in Florida for the launch and then flew over to California for the new Guardians ride. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming out, so they decided to build a ride to coincide with With the the movie coming out. And I know that Bob Chapek was very surprised when he took over in 2020 that why aren't we using more Marvel stuff? Like we're making money since I think 2009. They've been making money off of Marvel. And they don't have that. And they have like character meet and greets, but nothing else, which kind of led to the Avenger Campus. That's how Avenger Campus came came Mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. Yeah. So they refurbished the hotel in California to look like a fortress so that they basically took everything on the outside out. The story is that it's the collector's fortress. So if you're not sure who this is, go do some research on Guardians or go watch the movie. The Guardians are trapped and we need to save them. So the Guardians movie was still in production while they were developing the rides. They had three weeks to put the story together, storyboard it, because they wanted to capitalize on James Gunn filming the second movie. Mm -hmm. So they actually went and filmed the video sequences while they were filming the movie. So they'd have those elements for the ride. For the ride, they would not be able to change the ride mechanism itself. So they couldn't like change the interior. Again, we're refurbing. But they did want to change how the ride went up and down because they were looking for a different reaction from guests. So this isn't an elevator dropping type experience. So they actually changed the physics of the ride to give it more hang time and free fall time versus that pull down that we talked about with Tower of Terror. So you're more floating in this ride, apparently. Mm. They also needed to integrate music because music's so integral to the movie. So this is one of the rides where you get a rotation of one of six different songs when you ride similar to the new Guardians Cosmic Rewind and rockin' roller coaster. Guardians version dropped in May of 2017, less than a year from when they started developing it. So this was like a quick refurb. It was the first Marvel-themed ride in any Disney park, kind of what you just talked about with Chapek, and it's now a part of Avengers Campus, and it was an immediate hit. Though I have heard hot takes from people who are very upset that Hollywood's Tower of Terror is gone. So I love Tower of Terror. I will be upset if they change it to Guardian at Disney World. I don't I think, think they ever keep it will. At Disney World. I think so. The thing is, is they got rid of the tower and the hat at Hollywood Studios. So the logo for Hollywood Studios is basically Tower of Terror yeah. at this point. They'd probably build a new ride before. They I think would. with some of the backlash from the one in California, they're going to leave the one in Florida. Alone. It, will, it will be the place where where like yep. look, and they, the, look, you took away my toad. Yep. You took away my great movie ride. <laughs> Do not take away my Tower of Terror. And I'm I'm pretty sure you know, and then you'll probably get into this that Walt Disney World's tower is very unique from all the other towers in yep. the ride system and how well, it's done. And there's there's some things you can see it from Epcot. So I'm going to get into that so there were actually several proposed ideas for haunted attractions not just for tower of terror just in general and i just found this factoid interesting it included a ride based on stephen king's novels yep i would ride that ride I would ride that ride, but, but I don't how know. the heck do you do that at Disney World? How do you put like cussing children animatronics in there? I don't know. Exactly. A Vincent Price ghost tour, which I also want to see. I would love that. A Mel Brooks narrated ride. I, I want to ride all of these. Mm-hmm. A real hotel. We talked about that. An awards show honoring classic movie monsters starring Godzilla hosted 
by Eddie Murphy and Elvira. I would pass on that one. A whodunit murder mystery, which I think you would pass on, but none of those progressed into development. There are three hidden Mickeys on Tower of Terror, really in the queue. So Disney has all these pre-shows. You go in a room, thunder crashes, lightning strikes, the lights go out, and then Rod Sterling. It's real dusty in there. Yep. Rod Sterling uh, appears on the television set, and they show in in the video sequence the family getting on the elevator. Look at the toy that the girl is carrying. She's got a Mickey Mouse. That's a hidden Mickey. Mm -hmm. If you look at the balcony railing just before you enter that pre-show, you'll see a hidden Mickey, and there is a water stain in the boiler room. I saw that last time. That's a hidden Mickey. Joe Dante, who directed the Twilight Zone movie, also directed the video sequences for the ride. That was the movie in the 90s, Mm -hmm. by the way. With John Lithgow? Yep. It's a good movie. The ride spawned a film in 1997, one of the first movies developed from a theme park ride. I haven't seen it. Tandy has. It apparently stars Kirsten Dunst and and Steve Steve Gutenberg. It's Kirsten Dunst's (laughs) only movie ever with Disney, which is amazing because she was a child actor and is still acting to this day. So only thing she's ever done with Disney was this movie. It appeared in the wonderful world of Disney. So it was probably a Friday night that the movie came on and What I found interesting was it was the predecessor. It was the tester for, hey, can we make movies off of rides? So without (laughs) without this, we would never have Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Thank you, Steve Gutenberg. For getting all the kinks out. For being the guinea pig. Because that movie was awful. Pirates movie is is amazing. amazing. And you need to go watch it. Yeah, I highly not recommend watching Tower of Terror. It's okay. You can't find it on on Disney Plus and it's not on a streaming service. I don't think anybody wants to claim that movie. They are embarrassed of this film, clearly. The tower is 199 feet and 11 inches tall. It's one of the tallest structures in any Disney park. Only Expedition Everest is taller than it by half an inch at Disney World. Disney likes to make stuff just under 200 feet tall because if it's 200 feet, it requires the building to put a red aviation light on top for planes and that messes up the force perspective. When the ride is showing a 13-minute wait, we talked about this with Haunted Mansion. It means there is no wait. Imagineers watched each episode of The Twilight Zone twice to prepare for putting the ride together. None of the towers, and you'll be able to talk to this a little bit, Tandy, none of the towers look the same in any of the parks, including the one that was in California before they rethemed it. So unlike Haunted Mansion, where they've carbon copied some of them, none of the towers look the same. It's like pirates. They all have different facades on the outside. And Tokyo Seas is probably the most Oh, that one's cool. That one's really cool looking. The one in Paris is also very interesting too. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to the other parks, funny enough, is I saw their Tower of Terrors and I was like, ooh, I want to go see these in person because the architecture was was so interesting. Ride engineers tested 33 versions of the Tower of Terror before coming up with what they felt was the best and most thrilling attraction many of the items in the queue so if you're a twilight zone fan pay attention to the queue many of the items in other areas of the attraction contain things from the original twilight zone series so there's like a poster for the anthony fremont orchestra in the queue and there's a metal robot on the ledge in the library there's a lot of little tchotchkes from there's also some like priceless antiques inside tower of terror yeah apparently the imagineers had fun with the credit card going to antique shops so they everything in there is legitimate 1930s from California, yep. like they went antique shopping. Yep. For In it. case you get any ideas, I'm it's all nailed down. Yep. On the building. So why this would be a really hard ride to refurb. It can be seen from Epcot. So the architectural elements and color palette of the Tower of Terror were chosen so it can blend with the skyline of the World Showcase Morocco Pavilion. Mm -hmm. So we all know Disney does not like you to be taken out of that suspended disbelief. So because you can see it from Morocco, I don't think they're ever going to change the color of that building because it has to match in with the skyline of Morocco. And then I thought this was interesting. At over 1,000 
US dollars per uniform. The Tower of Terror bellhop uniforms are the most expensive costume in the entire chain. Can you believe those uniforms are $1,000? I, I believe it. Did you see that the employee break room is on the balcony of the lobby? No, I did not see that. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I want to work that on awesome? the Tower of Terror. Right? You can just watch people walking in and then seeing down the lobby. Oh, I actually have a fun fact here. And this is at least right now, I think the characters rotate. But when you go through the queue, you can see characters on the balcony. Right now, it's Goofy and Max. Oh, interesting. And sometimes they're in their power line costumes because oh, it's Halloween time. At the time of recording, it's Halloween time. So you got to get a little bit of a character meet and greet there going through the queue while you're standing in line at the balcony. The queue is also really awesome. I don't know if we talked about that. This is a great queue. So like Haunted Mansion, this is a really interesting queue. There is not a single rider line. Although the lightning lane, I believe, does skip some of the queue. This is one that, that would be worth going through the queue just to be able to see all the antiques and stuff. And I think something, too, that, that's back with the history is, you know, we talked about Michael Eisner and his crazy ideas. <laughs> and he was really trying to pump up Disney Paris, which was Euro Disney at the oh, time. Oh, that's right. I forgot that that was his big I remember project. that in some of what I saw was that originally what became Tower of Terror were where they really wanted to do one of these free fall rides. And they really wanted to do it at Euro Disney because there's not a lot of rides at Euro yeah. Disney. And they were going to do guys mountain and then they were going to do journey into you know the center of the earth and they just couldn't make it happen because they just weren't willing to put money into euro disney and then that's how you know luckily those those thoughts and plans came to hollywood for tower of terror right all righty so right overall i give this a 10 out of 10 I, I love give it a nine. Ride. I know you don't like the theming as much as I do. Well, I mean, it's okay. It's just, it's not, I think once you've seen it once, it's like, okay, it, but it's not, I guess because Twilight Zone is not owned by Disney. It's not Disney property. Yeah. I will say it's kind of weird because it's in Hollywood studios. There was a lot of like non Disney IP early on in mm -hmm. MGM studios. So yep. it's weirder now than it was at the time that it was created. Cause there was a whole lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily yep. Disney IP. And I think that's studios. been the hardest, hardest climb for Hollywood studios is that they have that. That Star Wars is kind of bringing it back yep. around to Disney. Well, so one thing that was interesting is that was actually a requirement for the ride. They didn't want to use an existing Disney IP. They wanted mm -hmm. a new, and, and I don't know why Michael Eisner wanted that. I think he was trying to it's expand things. And, and I think that's actually where things got off the rails with the theme parks a little bit with him when he was the CEO. Mm -hmm. Thrill Factor, I give it a 10. I gave it a 10. And I, fun factor, I give it a 10. Gave it a nine. Of course you would. Is this a rope drop ride? I talked about this on the first episode. Yes, this is a rope drop ride. In For my an emotional mind. rope drop rider. I think it's a rational rope drop ride decision. I feel decision. like if it's 1994, it's a rational rope drop decision. I okay, that's like fair. You can get on this ride. In 2022, it's a different story. So I rode this by myself the first time we went. It was the one thing I wanted to ride. There was no way Juan was letting Issa get on it with me because he was. she was tall enough, but... I don't think I thought he... you meant the first time, like when you were a kid, I was like, man, nobody else in the family wanted to go with you. Oh no. I have a funny story about that. So we need to talk about that. Cause, cause we're going to show a picture of it. We'll share it on the socials. When I went back with my family, the first time I was able to get a fast pass. This was before Genie plus was a thing. And I was able to get a fast pass for like that, right. That second, I think we were waiting for the nighttime show to start. And I told one, I was like, I'm going to go, um, ride this real quick by myself. Have fun with the kids. <laughs> While we're on that subject, then we'll kind of get into some of the ride info. The, I think this was the last trip we went on. If it wasn't, it was the second to the last trip. So my brother, my younger brother, who's six years younger than me, was just tall enough to get on it. My dad and my older brother, we waited in line. This was before Fast Pass was a thing at the parks. No I'm pretty single sure rider on Tower of Terror. No single rider. 
pretty sure it was a long wait because this was back when it was like one of the heavy yeah. hitters. Yep. I would say pre-2000, this was a line. Yeah. Freaking waited the whole time, about to get on the elevator, and my younger brother starts freaking out. And just so everybody knows, my mom did not ride rides, so she was not in line with us. And so there's a chicken exit. Where's the chicken exit located? If I'm remembering correctly, you go to like to the right of the elevator and through a corridor. So you've already passed the video session and all that. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. We're about to get in the service elevator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've we've gone through the pre-show. My dad is like, he cannot go by himself. He was going to ride the ride. (laughs) Like a Dave was like, well... Which one of you is going? So you need to go with him. So there's a picture of us. There's benches outside that you can wait on for the elevator, which is stupid. He should have just had him go sit on the freaking bench on the exit. And my mom, I guess she must have met us or she must have been waiting there for us. And there's a picture of us both pouting. I'm pissed because I didn't get to ride the ride. Eric's like upset because he was like having an emotional breakdown about having to get on this stupid ride. I was so mad. I was so mad. I mean, you waited all that time. It's one of my favorite rides. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite rides. All right. So some ride info on the ride length. I found a lot of conflicting information on the length of the ride, but it's somewhere between four to five minutes long seems longer to me than that. I was surprised that it was such a short ride. It feels longer when you're on it. On Disney World's site, they cited at three minutes and 34 seconds. See, I found all kinds of weird information. So that's probably right. I think it all varies because everybody probably starts the watch at a different place. Like, what is the start of the ride? So I know that this isn't the case if they're clocking it at three minutes and 34 seconds. I know that the the queue time for Disney, they shut the queue clock off when you get into the pre-show. So your time in the queue that they're projecting on on Genie Plus, that's going to be the time from when you enter the queue to when you go to the pre-show. But there's no way that that pre-show through the end of the ride is only three minutes. I long. don't know. So that's got to be ride time from when you get on the elevator. I would and they say shut when you doors. get on the elevator, shut the door. Yeah. All right. So some wait times from thrilldata.com. The historical average wait for this ride is 59 minutes and it's, it's still about that. So it's, it's, it's held. The record high wait time is 280 minutes. That's about four and a half hours. No, I would I would not long. wait that long for this ride. I love that ride, but I would not wait. You guys should have gone in the rope drop. The current wait time trends, the median wait is 45 minutes. Max wait right now is going to be about 80 minutes. I don't know that I'd wait that long for it. I'd wait 45. I don't know that I'd wait 80. I don't know that I've ever waited that long for Tower of Terror. I haven't either. This is one, if you pay attention to it, you can get it at a lower weight. One note on that. So we talked about there's actually two shafts that are running the ride at the same time. They were refurbishing one side. So recently, and I think this is partly why that number is 80, by the way. The lines are longer. They were not running one half of the ride. So you're losing half Well, you know, I'd rather them refurbish the elevator and make sure it's safe. I agree. And for those of you that might be going, I heard they're refurbing the other half of this ride early 2023. So, more so just prepare yourself. The minimum wait time is 13 minutes, which we know that really means no wait. It's a walk-on when it's 13 minutes long. Now I'm going to look for that. And if it says five minutes, I'm going to be like, oh man, it's five minutes. Because you really want to get on when it's 13, right? Yeah. Um, it is available on Genie Plus. It is not a paid individual attraction selection. Should you use it? I think if you're buying Genie Plus, you should. I don't know that I would buy Genie Plus just for this ride. So if you're buying Genie Plus to be able to get on to Slinky Dog and Millennium Falcon and... Smugglers One and Rise of Resistance. That's what I'm paying Well, Rise, I don't think you can... So that's an individual paid attraction. I don't think you can use Genie Plus, at, at least at the time of recording. Things could always change, but... Um, so if you're buying Genie Plus, I would use it on it, but it, I wouldn't buy Genie Plus just for this, if that makes sense. Best times to ride, 9 a.m., 12.55 p.m. and 7 p.m. And by the way, I really like riding this one at night 
because the weight is less and it's and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, at Disney's night. all lit up. Yep. Uh, downtime. So this is av- on average down twenty two minutes per day. This this rides down. I wouldn't say frequently, but it but it does. It, it is down. Um, it's not unusual for it to be down. The other thing that I've heard is that it's frequently down at the time the park opens. Mm-hmm. So that's the only uh, risk you're taking with rope dropping this. So make sure you check the app. The other thing is if you walk up and you see a line of cast members standing up in front of a ride, that means that ride is down, guys. Turn yep. around and go find something else. Yep. Capacity, there's four vehicles. They fit 21 people each. So 81 people at a time if they're running all vehicles. That's the reason there's such a long line. It is not a high-capacity ride. Height requirements is 40 inches. Any other thoughts, Tandy? Anything? So so actually, I want to talk a little bit because you've ridden the ride not in Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, I've ridden it in, I've ridden it everywhere it's at. So Tokyo, Paris, California, and Florida. But you haven't ridden the Guardians version of it. I haven't so ridden the Guardians version yet. the Tower yet. of Terror version yep. in all four All parts. the Terror Terror okay. version. And again, I'm not big into the Twilight Zone, so it's the same in California as it was here. The ride system is different in California. They use one shaft for everything. So you're going up the shaft that you fall down. Whereas in Florida, you go up a separate shaft and then you transfer over to the shaft where you free fall. Yep. And, and so, I think there's three ride vehicles in California yes. running at the same time. So not four vehicles. Yep. And so it's different, but it's not, I don't, it wasn't as exciting in Tokyo sea. It's a completely different story. It's about a, an explorer who has, you know, taken things from different lands and he's accidentally taken an enchanted item that then curses the hotel that he lives in and it just was much more exciting than the twilight fascinating zone theme. with like the tokyo theming of things because mm-hmm. haunted mansion it might have been shanghai it was hong kong was it hong kong? hong kong yeah that with the with the enchanted monkeys like mm-hmm. like the just the things they do on on, on that side of the pacific because yeah. over is there twilight zone is not a thing for them which is interesting because they love stuff like that so i guess it just never made its way over there so they had to come up with a completely different story and this is kind of some closing thoughts to me this was, it's one of the first thrill rides that i ever went on so there's a nostalgia factor to this for me i'd be i'd be lying if there wasn't but that said i think it really i think it still holds up really well when oh, i yeah. went on it by myself I was like it's probably not going to be as good as I remember and see I like I like all the Twilight Zone like I think they did a good job with the story I love that they incorporated Rod Sterling into the ride I think that's all really well done we talked about this for Mansion that Pepper's Ghost effect holds up really well I I think it's really cool when you go through through the star area I think that all of that is why and the fact that it's a different drop sequence every time you on it is, is awesome I'm a sucker for a good cue and this one's really good as we talked about. There's a lot of really good theming in there. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a solid ten out of ten for me. Yeah. For me it's nine. I think the Twilight Zone thing is is kind of stale. It, it's kind of fun the first time, but I think it just gets stale after a while. I love the way the the hotel is. I like the free fall drops, and so that's why it's still a nine. It's still a really exciting ride. I think you can get on it at any age and it's just exciting period. Yeah, Issa loved it. Mm -hmm. I love that Issa loved it. I mean, for my closing thoughts, I know we talked about ranking. I've actually stayed at one of the hotels that has influenced this ride, which is the Biltmore Hotel. It's in downtown LA 
and it was where they held the original Oscars. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and you go into that hotel, and it has a spooky vibe. Like, it feels very much like Overlook <laughs> Hotel. Like, you know something has happened there. Wow. And I remember, and I shared it with my mom, because, you know, we used to live in L.A. She used to meet people to go and have a bite to eat at the Biltmore Hotel, because they worked downtown. And she said that they would hear stories. Like, there was a lady that I was going to ask hotel. you if it was, like, haunted. It's haunted. Yeah, it's, oh, it's haunted. Oh, okay. So there was a lady who died in one of the rooms there. When I went for a conference, I remember standing in line at the hotel and the lady in front of me leaned forward and I didn't I didn't know it was haunted when I went and stayed there. Right. And the lady in front of me said to the the concierge, she was like, um, please don't give me a haunted room. Oh my god. And I leaned over and I went, please give me the haunted room. Well, you would. Yeah. You would. And uh and during the conference, I know a couple people said that one lady said she was trying to go to sleep at night and she heard running water and okay, she thought, I could not stay at this hotel. She thought, oh, someone, you know, is just taking a shower next door, like no big deal. Sure. And she got up sometime in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom and the tub was full of water. Oh it my. was her water. Oh, see, see, I'd be I'd be out of there yeah. so and freaking some, fast. I slept like a baby. There was no of sound. Of course you did. Of um, course you did. There you was, were comfortable there with all the ghosts. I was in, in the room. non haunted floor uh, another lady said that every time she um would be in her room she would hear bouncing of a ball outside in the hallway and every time she would open the door there would be no bouncing ball and then she closed the door and the bouncing ball would start again it's just very interesting very art deco like they've got yeah uh, an indoor pool and it's very i said it i'll say it again. it's like the overlook hotel like you know there it sounds like the overlook hotel in those halls so fascinating highly recommend people go look at i have not I stayed never, at mission inn which is the other influence but i am never staying at that hotel We've we've confirmed that. Alrighty, I want to thank a couple of sources. Wikipedia, Behind the Attraction, AllEars.net, Mammoth Club, and Thrilldata.com. Until next time. A warm welcome back to those of you who made it, and a friendly word of warning, something you won't find in any guidebook. The next time you check into a deserted hotel on the dark side of Hollywood, make sure you know just what kind of vacancy you're filling, or you may find yourself a permanent resident of the Twilight Zone. If you liked today's episode of Into the Disneyverse, follow us on Instagram at Disneyverse Historians or on Facebook at Into the Disneyverse. The music in this episode was created by Skolex on freesound.org. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.